Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's strategic planning time here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement. And we are into December, Mike. 2021 is almost over. We are, uh, this is our first episode of December. We're going to do one more to close out the year. But what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yeah, it, it is wild how this year has just zipped past. Of I know, course, right? The older you get, the faster it goes, right? So I'm telling my age, right? Well, you know, it's like uh, 2020 was the longest decade ever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but then, you know, 2021 is, is you know, just flown right by, it seems like. Yeah. Everybody I talk to kind of feels the same way. But we want to talk mm. today a little bit, Mike, about the market in general. Now, we're obviously, mm. we're in the fourth quarter. We don't have all the fourth quarter numbers. We've already seen some volatility. You know, the the new variant caused the market to have some, some hiccups the other day and the time we're taping this. But let's talk a little bit about the third quarter and just how it's done and, and it's just performance overall. Because uh, I think a lot of people don't really sometimes realize we see the headlines and that's kind of all we roll with. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're very short lived. Right. Right. The, in fact, going to that uh, comment there about the Omicron variant, it, it's actually it's the, the variant has nothing to do with the market. It's just people's emotional reactions to what they think the market's going to do because of it. And so it's, it's kind of uh, interesting how that can be so up and down over just a few days, major shifts in terms of just point changes. But in terms of percentages, that's a, it's a non-event, really. But um, anyway, yeah, it is a lot of our, our perceptions, our emotions are driven by headlines and by things we're hearing that uh, are blared from the mountaintop, so to speak, because <laughs> right. hey, those folks are selling advertising oh, and they yeah. need to get their salaries kept in place. So, <laughs> but yeah, when we think about what's gone on in the last quarter, the last three months of this year, ending um, September 30th, I guess would be the end of the third quarter. You know, there's a couple of things I, I ran across some quotes from a couple of folks that I, I respect. Uh, one's is uh, a uh, Nobel prize winning uh, economist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the prize in uh, 19 or excuse me, 2013 for economics. His name's Eugene Fama. And uh, Gene said this about what people are tending to talk a lot about lately on the financial programs. And that is bubbles. He said, I don't even know what a bubble means. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that great? These words have become popular. I don't have any meaning. (laughs) And, uh, so yeah, I, I love that uh, that approach to things. That uh, you know, what what does a bubble really even mean? And then uh, another guy I respect and like the way he uh, invests and thinks about investing is John Bogle of uh, Vanguard fame. A comment he made back in the day was, "It's very difficult for any particular segment of the stock market to sustain superior performance." The watchword for our financial markets is reversion to the mean. Mm -hmm. That is, what goes up must come down. And it's true more often than you can imagine. So I I, I love that because it's it's just they're they're observers of reality. Yeah. Uh, Relative to the bubble, you know, Fama saying, 
what is a bubble? Nobody knows. I mean, you hear about it periodically and and a lot lately over the last year, because um, I think you were making a comment about what the market's done since the pandemic started or whatever. Yeah, we were chatting about that right before we got started. I, I saw, was it 38%, something like that? That it Somewhere in that it, range, If you yeah. got out, uh, if you panicked in March of 2020 and got out and you didn't get back in, you may have missed out on possibly up to 38% you know, a return on your money, granted, depending on how your risk tolerance and profile and all that stuff. But it's sure. done very well, and that's a lot of the stuff that we hear. But you were telling me it's actually been flat. Yeah, for this last quarter, you know, we we have kind of seen this inexorable march of the market upwards over the last year and a half, two years mm-hmm. uh, during this stuff. And um, but you know, there are times when the market just takes a breather or does whatever it's going to do. And and during this last quarter, from the end of June to the end of September. Uh, the market was moving up, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of pulled back in September, and then kind of recovered a little bit in, in October. But it ended up for the quarter uh, in, in most yeah. segments flat to slightly negative. Um, well, you know, I mean, they're, you, they're, you think you see all the things that are going on in the world, Mike. I mean, it kind of stands to reason, right? I mean, we've got all this inflation, gas prices, all these things. So it does. I think this market has been super confusing to people. I mean, not only is it on a twelve-year bull run, really, to be honest, right, mm-hmm. other than a few, mm-hmm. a little few blips. But it also seems like sometimes it's impervious to different things. But yet at the other time, it's very kind of misleading because, you know, what goes up comes down. But yet we haven't seen a run like this. I don't know, ever, maybe, you know, and so it gets yeah. confusing for the regular folks who don't study it like yourself. Right, right. Yeah. The, you know, the 80s, 1982, August of 82 to uh, 2000, March of 2000 was a humongous bull run. Okay. With some, right. Like you said, some blips in there, some some actual what you'd call crashes because they met the criteria of a 20% drop in the market value right. uh, in, a, in a period of time. And uh, so you had a few of those in there, but you had a, a secular bull market going on. In other words, something that that was the the trend was the bull market with a couple of little blips in there in 1987, gotcha. Right. Yeah. Big blip in 87. Yeah, well, you know, and we're so, I think we're so spoiled now, Mike, and also the media coverage 24 seven, like we have, right. So mm-hmm. you and I were briefly chatting. So just the other day, now this is, would be part of the fourth quarter number, but still the other day, you know, with the variant, mm-hmm. it, it dropped what two and a half percent. And that's all these headlines. The market takes a huge blow at two and a half. It's two and a half percent. That doesn't even qualify to be, even a pullback, you know. Yeah, or a that's like you have a hundred bucks in your pocket and you lose two dollars and fifty cents. Right, and, and like my own brother comes to me and he's panicking, and I'm like, dude, what? Are you, why are you panicking? It's it's two percent off of what thirty three thousand is where the Dow was at or whatever. I'm like, now right. think about that two percent. You know, two percent when the Dow was you know seven thousand or five thousand or two thousand. Like mm. it, that's different, right? But at thirty something thousand, so how do we? I guess, how do we handle some of this stuff sometimes when we're getting bombarded all the time? And because all this stuff is designed to make it be, you know, be very reactionary. It is. And, uh, you know, the, the key is to know what your philosophy of investing is. Okay. And if your philosophy is that you stay invested, you don't try and predict the future. You avoid trying to pick the stocks to be in or not to be in and when are they fully valued or they're uh, undervalued and all that kind of stuff. And then certainly uh, about, you know, where is the market in as a whole? Is it 
high? Is it low? Is it time to get in, time to get out? All that kind of stuff. Stop speculating about whether we're in a bubble. I mean, yeah, we've been 12 years without some huge thing. We've uh, had a, a few, prolonged downturn, right? Yeah. yeah, a prolonged downturn. That's correct. So yeah, are we in a bubble? What I, I, I go with Fama. What is a bubble? Back in 82 to 2000, I mean, I don't know if we had that terminology back then. I don't remember <laughs> it, but um, certainly it could have been said. And in fact, there's a, a very famous prognosticator named uh, Harry Dent, who back in uh, 1989 told everybody to get out of the market. You're going to lose your shirt and everything else you own <laughs> if you don't. He said that the biggest crash you've ever seen is coming. And he, in fact, is on video saying in, after 2008, he says, I predicted 2008 in uh, 1989. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, yeah, yeah what? Good like, job, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> you kept me out of the market for how many years is that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, only 20 what, almost 20 almost. years. Yeah, like 18 <clears throat> yeah. years. Yeah. And during the greatest decade ever in the market during the 1990s, at least in the U.S. for sure, and yeah. uh, in others, but uh, not great. Yeah, 2020 so, was, you know, the first 10 years of 2020 or the 2000s was the considered the lost decade. So, you right. know, you, you know, it's all. I guess that's where the uh, where we get confused sometimes. Mike is is. Uh, is the average folk is like, okay, well, how much do we want to watch this stuff? How much do we want to pay attention? Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's, to me, that's another great advantage to having an advisor and a professional is somebody who can kind of take some of that minutia out and off of our plates. Cause we can say, Hey, look, how do we, how do we make, how do we make me some money, grow my portfolio, but I don't want to have to deal with that stress of watching yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's really where you want to go is, and, and not just relying on an advisor, so to speak, but to really adopting a philosophy that you can live with. Because, hey, you know what? The advisor's not always there. You oh, are. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? you, now, you've got to have and, a good sound strategy in your own uh-huh. mind, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And the, th- the problem that most of us have is, and, and, and this is throughout life, is we, we think we believe one way, but then we act based on other things that because of impacts that are going on currently in, in, in our lives. Uh, and, and so things, for example, in the market, like a blip because of a variant being assumed is going to change the entire economy for another decade or something crazy like that. I mean, who knows what people are thinking about it, but you know, that comes in and you might have a philosophy of, no, I don't try and predict the future. I don't try and pick stocks. I don't try and time the market. I stay invested. I uh, maintain my mm-hmm. diversification and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But then that happens and you just kind of have a... <gasps> and you throw it out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. because we're human and we and we do get right. very reactionary. Again, back to the headlines, which is why they do what they do. Because mm. the whole point is, is if they scare you, you're going to tune in and you're going to stay watching. And, you, you know, so it. I mean, I mean, th- I know that there's a meaning behind this Omicron or however you say it. But doesn't mm-hmm. it kind of sound like the villain in a Star Trek movie? <laughs> yeah, one of the Avenger or Marvel things or whatever. Yeah, I guess, something. It just Trek. you know, yeah. it just yeah. sounds like a I don't know, like a like a Borg or something, or you know, like a Klingon <laughs> or something. Omnicron right. is coming, but yeah, it's yeah. it's all it's you know. So we we've, we've got to be careful with that stuff, and and so the third quarter it winds up being flat. Any other details in there that we need to talk about? 
Yeah, I mean, we could we could look at some of the different sectors or segments of the market. Like, for instance, uh, the best performing asset category in domestic stuff, so U.S., okay. uh, has been large growth. Okay, large cap. And, Is that large cap? Uh huh. Okay, yeah, large cap growth. And and so when when you uh, hear that, if you hang around me much, you hear that I talk about that the premiums in the market are small companies and value companies as opposed to growth and large. And so it's the large growth that's been the best performer here in this latest time period. And but that's, it's that's not the only- really big companies. That's our big fa- yes. that's our big tech uh-huh. companies a lot of times leading that charge. Exactly. Yeah. And and in fact, in the US, they've been the best performing asset class over the last five and 10 years. So not year, not year in, year out, but you know, when you're looking at average annual rates of return over the last five years, over the last 10 years, it's mm-hmm. been large growth. And so you say, well, then that's where I want that's where I want to be, is what people do. Yeah, right? You know, exactly. And that's and where so, our target date fund is or something like that. Uh-huh. Right. Your tendency, and that's exactly what the target date funds do. They start to move that way because they're if if they're actively managed, if they're uh, indexed, they don't, but you know. They will start to do that. And so now you start to get skewed and you're not diversified across all of the asset classes. You're chasing return based on what's gone on. And and you really should be, Mike, right? Because if you, you know, so if you've got a couple of mutual funds or whatever, and Uh most of these things are set up with large cap in mind uh, or they're auto, you know, transitioning to that, you're, mm-hmm. you're not spreading that basket around so that if they do have a bad day, if you know Elon tweets something and all, <laughs> all the big tech companies take a huge hit, well, then you've taken a huge hit across the board, whereas maybe the small caps did really well that week or month or whatever, and the large caps right. took the hit, right? That's the whole point of spreading that it is. around. That's exactly what it is. And you know, right now on large cap uh, growth, their valuations are uh, you know at or near historic highs, but you can't say, well, okay, so they're fully valued, so we need to get out of those things because now you're saying I'm I, I'm timing based on that information that is out there and available to everybody else, and and it's the same sort of thing on the small or the value stuff. You say, well, you know what, they're just not doing well. It's time maybe now to get into those because I get a chance to buy low. Well, no, I mean they they might continue to do. The point is you stay diversified. You don't try and chase around and and pick where's the best entry point or exit point for getting maximum returns. And you know when you look at small uh, and value stuff. Uh, they have not outperformed like they will do over time during this latest quarter and over the last five and 10 years. But but you certainly don't jump. But back in, in September, we had a uh, webinar that we did and we looked at 2000 to 2020 year by year, what was the best performing asset class. And it was really interesting because it, it bounced around, but there were some runs that certain asset classes had, where it's just year after year after year, as many as five years in a row, the same asset class was the best performing asset. And so you start to think, you know, do I get out because it's just going to repeat it, repeat, repeat it, it can't repeat again, or do I stay because this is the future, this is where it's going to be? That is a fool's errand to try and guess that kind of stuff. So you stay diversified, as you said, that you don't start trying to chase it. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you a question, Mark. If you had to guess over the last quarter, uh, what would you say was the best performing asset class in the markets, U.S. or international? What would your guess be? Well, I I would probably say U.S. based on just those tech companies we were talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Any particular segment or, or asset class within the U.S. Um, that you would pick? I mean, I know this is a cold question. I yeah, I, I would get. I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to stay with the large cap with the with the okay. those big tech mm-hmm. companies. Yeah. Well, and that is, and it certainly was the best in relation to small and value companies. But there was an asset class called real estate. Oh well, duh. Oh wow, yeah. Hello, yeah. Every yeah, house has been up on you, doesn't houses it? Houses, <laughs> yeah, because that's right. Because all the markets have been just, yes. you know, somebody's you know selling their house for. I totally forgot. My buddy sold his house for like seventy grand more than he thought he was going to get for it. You uh-huh. know. So here's an interesting little piece: the whole U.S. market for the quarter, the third quarter, was down a tenth of a percent. Okay, very minimal. It's flat, right? Large growth stocks were up one point one six. Real estate, U.S. real estate investment trusts were up 1.25. So they actually edged out the uh, large growth stocks by a little bit, right? Right. So, so they happen to be the best. You know, for the last, just this year to date, the real estate investment trust segment is up 40.5%. Wow. Yeah. And uh, for the last 12 months, the whole U.S. market's up about 38 or, or 31 for the last 12 months since the pandemic, 38 or so. Well, what, so, you know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. What usually happens, though, Mike, is we hear about some things like this and then we go, well, I got to get in on that. But you're getting yeah. in on that probably too late. Yeah. And 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 again, you're, you're chasing something that uh, may or may not be the case. Like, for instance, when you just kind of go on the other side of the equation from U.S. Mm-hmm. real estate investment trusts and you look at international REITs, well, they fell 1.71 for this last quarter versus the increase of 1.25 for us. So, you know, if you've been one versus the other, because of what's happened in the past, then you might jump the wrong way, you know, what have you. But even though they were down for the quarter, they're up 24% for the year on international reads. So, you know, how do you make that decision? You're pulling in and out and that, I mean, it's, it's, it will drive you crazy. And that's why Warren Buffett, you know, said, if you're not prepared to be in the market for 10, you know, 10 years, don't be in it for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. You got to have, you've got to have a good, strong, you know, and I know we're getting long on time, so we'll wrap up here, but you got to have a good, strong plan. And then you've got to be able to have some confidence in that plan. Things are going to come up. They're going to make you nervous, but that's, again, I think the value of an advisor because even when you've got a good plan in place and even when you get nervous because you're human and emotions are going to happen, that's when you can call up. You can't call up a robo-advisor, but you can call up Mike and say, all right, Mike, talk me off the cliff here. I'm thinking about doing something crazy, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and just one last little piece sure. about inflation, okay? Oh, because that's, been, yeah. that's a big, big thing that's being talked about. For this last quarter, natural gas in the, in the world of, of commodities was up 58% for the quarter. Yeah, so I got energy my, I got my bill. A, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> energy is driving a lot of the inflation stuff right now. It is. But yeah. guess what's not following inflation? Hmm. Silver. Silver was the worst performing asset class for quarter three falling. Wow. Ready for this? 16%. Wow. So but often we think we should go to we think we should go to uh, uh, yeah, precious exactly. metals as a good hedge, but maybe not right. so much. Gold and silver have performed very poorly lately, even in the face of this renewed yeah. expectation for inflation. You, so you know, Mike, I, chase I, I had a, another advisor friend tell me. I, he, I'd say, "What do you think about gold?" And he's like, "I think it's great to give it to your wife yeah. or your girlfriend." <laughs> and he's like, "But maybe not so much as a as a hedge against you know." Or as a you know as a as a resource as an asset, he's very anti gold, uh, and everybody yeah. has their different stance on it. But he you know he'll pull out the data and talk about the fact that mm-hmm. generally overall it doesn't perform that well. So 
No, I mean, what does it do? They call it a hedge against inflation. So what does it do? It does about what inflation does. Yeah. If you want to just make inflation rates return, then you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Well, there you go, folks. So hopefully that shed a little bit of light on it for you. Really just wanted to have a conversation this week about just how we can have these numbers. We see these things after the fact when the market or the, the quarter is all wrapped up, but we get wrapped up in what the news and the media and the cycles are telling us versus really having a good strategy in place. And that's the whole point of having some strategic planning. You like that? See, work that in there. That's the whole point of having strategic planning in your portfolio. So reach out to Mike at Strategic Planning Corporation if you got some questions, you need some help. You want to make sure that you're rebalanced and tweaked and have your plan and your portfolio set for the time of life that you're in. That's key as well. So call Mike if you need some help with some questions. 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. Or stop by spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. Mike, this was our 65th episode. Uh, It is officially, uh, well, I mean, it's the the (laughs) universal retirement age. It's not yet full retirement. That'll be the next one. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, we're going to do one more before the year winds up. So you have a great week, and and I'll talk to you next time, okay? Sounds good. You too, Mark. Appreciate your time, as always, here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. We'll catch you next time here on the podcast. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.